Bible speaks about um, in Hebrews that marriage is to be honored by all. We understand that God has a plan to build families and to build marriages in order to build society. And that there is, a, there is a place where the church in general honors marriage. So whether you are married, single, divorced, widowed, hoping to be married, not hoping to be married, whatever place you find yourself in, there is a, there is a command, a biblical command to honor marriage. And what that means is that we speak well of marriage to our children. We speak well of marriage in our social settings. It means that we, we preserve to the best of our abilities our own marriages, but we also preserve others' marriages. We, we look to, to support and undergird the families around us so that our society can be built up by a healthy building blocks of healthy families. Amen and amen. And for all of the, those of you who are hoping to be married, you're also going to learn a real great deal today. You're going to learn some tips that will help you in future. Amen. So where are TK and Klulu? There you are. Can we, can we um, just welcome them as they come up? We call this every year on the couch. But unfortunately, our couch is too low, so if we sit them on the couch, you won't see them. So they're going to sit in front of the couch. It's going to be kind of like a, a compromise. Is that okay? <laughs> so TK and Tulu um, are uh, just a remarkable couple. Um, I, I don't know. I think I've known you for like about five years. Is that about approximately right? <laughs> okay, right. Tulu is looking blank. It's like I don't know how long I've been. It feels long. It could, it, yeah, we, we've done a few fun things in, the, in that time. But they, um, what I love about them is that they have, you know, can I, can I tell a little bit of your story? I know you're going to tell a lot more. But when they first met and they decided they're going to marry, they had a bit of a rocky time. You know, that courtship relationship. They, they battled through a few issues. But what they did is that they were committed to learning and growing to the best of their abilities. And something Kulu said to me um, a little while back, I asked her, how's marriage going? And she said, it's so wonderful. And then she said, you know, all that hard work we did in the beginning is paying off. And I felt like that is such a great example of uh, pressing into God, overcoming stuff, um, finding ways um, to, to be victorious in, in unusual or difficult circumstances. Before we begin the interview with them, which is going to be great, um, I just want to mention something. There may be those of you here who have worked hard on marriages that didn't work. And as we talk about this, I don't want you to feel like there's anywhere any judgment towards you. We understand that it takes two people to make a marriage. We do understand that. And we also want to commend all of you who have pushed in and tried your best, whether it worked or not, we want to commend your effort. And we want to commend um, your, your desire to do it God's way. For all of you who are single and believe in God for marriage in the future, I also really want to commend you, whether that marriage has come to pass or not. I just want to say well done for being determined to do it God's way. We, we see the glory and presence of God in you, and we have great faith that there is a great marriage in store. Amen and amen. Great. So, TK and Klulu, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. 
So before we start, maybe you could just tell us a little bit um, about yourself. And there are microphones right behind you, so you can just go ahead and take one of these each. So maybe you can just, each of you just tell um, the, co the congregation um, what you do, uh, who you are, a little bit about your family, anything that comes to mind, just by way of introduction. Hi, everyone. I actually like the mic. I want to hold it like this. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having us. Um, my name is Tlorelo Mabelani, used to be Hapula. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Betty, TK's Betty. I wanted to marry a Betty guy because I wanted to share Betty jokes, believe it or not. <laughs> Um, currently, do we say what we're doing? Or yeah. yeah, currently um, I'm running a hair care business. Uh, TK is in IT. Uh, we've got one baby and one baby on the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, we've been together for 13 years. Whoa. And yeah, it's. We've been married for almost eight years, but we've known each other for 13 years. <laughs> Just but to clarify. We've been together. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we met, um, she was in, I think you were in matric, and I was in first year varsity, and we met at a church uh, in Midrand, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us so what you thought when you first saw her, TK. So, I, I mean, she was, um, she was one of the armor bearers. So it was one of those churches where, you know, the pastor walks in and he's got people, he's got like an entourage and <laughs> someone carrying his Bible, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> she was the armor bearer for the prophetess. I'm, get, I'm getting a vision for the future there, really. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> And so I was like, wow, who is this girl? You know, and I was like behind the keyboard and I was supposed to be worshipping God, but then like <laughs> I saw this beautiful girl walking <laughs> you in. You saw the like glory <laughs> of God come in. What could you do? So that's how we met and we became friends. Um, and then, uh, okay, we'll get into it a bit later, but, but yeah, we, we, we dated for about seven years, not by choice. <laughs> Okay, they're going to tell you the story soon. It's very interesting. Hold on to your seats. <laughs> Great. So a as we begin, um, there is a scripture, Colossians 4 verse 6, and it says this, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. As you've identified, as we've spoken, communication is such an important part of marriage. Um, can you tell us what you have learned about communication in marriage? So, for me, communication is, is kind of the bedrock of everything else. If, if that is not in place, then, you know, you can, you can pray, you can do all these other things to try to please each other, but if you don't know how to communicate with each other, then there's almost no point, because you just keep missing each other. And, you know, it's like, if there's no communication in your marriage, it's like how Arsenal plays, you know? <laughs> or or how pirates plays, <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah. 
You know, it's like they're playing a completely different sport. It's like it's not soccer because no one knows who's playing what position. So if there's no communication, you guys are not on the same page. And no matter how much you try, you just keep missing each other. You need to know, you need to communicate well and often, and you need to know how to communicate with each other. Uh, yeah, good answer, said all the soccer players, the non-Arsenal supporters. Um, do you want to add anything, Lulu? Um, yeah, I mean, we can give maybe some examples of our communication journey. So, we, we, were ac we actually, like, I think we were very different communicators. TK likes to communicate in the moment. Well, this is at the beginning, right? As things happen right now, right here, and then I'm like, I'll go away, I'll need to process. And actually, what I used to do at the beginning is that I used to actually have conversations with him in my head, <laughs> work it out, and then probably just say one line to him. You know, and that's a problem because now we're not learning, we were not learning how to actually journey into each other's minds and kind of like work through how we think um, and, and, and sort of resolve things together. Um, so communication, I think, as things happen is very important because when you don't do that, I think things build up and then you just, you, you just shout out and you just explode. So, yeah. So great, so great. There's another scripture that, that talks about um, how Paul was speaking to the Corinthians and he said this, that you may know the love which I have so abundantly for you. In other words, he was saying, I have this great love for you, but, but I, I'm trying to do things and speak things so that you will know that I have this love. And we all know um, in marriage from time to time, you think you're loving your spouse really, really well, and they are feeling completely abandoned or neglected or whatever because you're not speaking their love language. And I know for TK and Lulu, the book, the, the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman was very instrumental in helping you um, in your courtship and your early marriage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, I'll start with an example. So. You know, we were together for long. Um, I'm doing my best to love TK because I really love TK. TK is doing his best to really, like, love me. Okay, so this is before marriage. And I think we were also having a season where we were just always fighting, you know. Um, and internally, there was this frustration that I felt like, Ish, I don't know if this guy really loves me. And he felt like he doesn't know if I really love him. So his love language at that time was um, quality time and physical touch. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Every guy's love language. Every, every guy's love language. <laughs> um, and then mine was words of affirmation and what else? Qua no, no, actually quality time as well. But very different. So... I was like um, an, a person who's usually like, you know, hopping from one circle of friends to the other circle of friends, but usually walking around alone in, on campus, you know? Um, and then I'd pop by TK for like a minute, go somewhere else. But I was popping by TK the most, you know? The most minutes. And in my head, I am spending time with this guy. I am showing him that I love him. I'm doing my best, you know? And in his interpretation, in his world, Yo, this girl, like, is not giving me attention. She's not spending time with me. 
And so we were missing each other. And I remember I gave him an example with me after we read this book that it's like I'm an ice cream man and I know how to make ice creams and I'm making the best ice creams for him. But he's a pizza guy. And no matter how much flavoring I do, like it just doesn't work. And we were missing each other. And it was only after we actually read this book that we realized that we have to learn how to love each other the way that the other person wants to be loved. That love is actually, you have to choose to love someone, that it's actually a choice, you know. So it would have been great if TK just miraculously knew how to do the things that I like, um, but I had to learn that actually when he chooses to do the things I like, it's actually more, it's love. Yeah, mind reading is not love, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. Mind reading. <laughs> yeah, so just to add to that, I think it's very it's good what you're saying, that I think, you know, in our early marriage, and maybe even before marriage, Tulu had, like, this idea of, like, a romantic guy and Prince Charming, etc. And, you know, and you, I thought and you, I was... You were pretty I, close. Yeah. I was, but no. not I close still enough. Have, I still have that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just could never measure up, you know, to her expectations. And b it's because in my mind, you know, I'm loving you how I want to be loved. And, but I don't know how she wants to be loved. So, so we used to miss each other a lot in that. And I think one of the challenges was like, sh you know, she felt like if she told me how to love her, then it wasn't romantic anymore. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> so, so sh do you want to talk about that? Because that's, that's your thing. No, like yeah, so I had, I mean, I had, I had the challenge of trying to show her that just because she's teaching me how to love her, it doesn't make it less romantic. In fact, me going out of my comfort zone to learn and be a student of who she is, is more romantic than just magically knowing what she likes. Do, do yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and just with, for instance, with communication, it, it links a bit with communication is that I needed to hear I love you every single day you know like the I love you bank starts from zero every day I need to hear it every day <laughs> and I think for TK him marrying me was the biggest I love you oh, I could give you you know <laughs> I said it I married you it's done you know um, so that was the one thing that I had to sort of teach him like can I get an I love you every single day you know so at the beginning I used to like remind him huh? I love you babe and then I love you too. I love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but, you know. And then, and then now he says it every day. He says it first. Sometimes, sometimes I say it first, but like every day he says it, you know. And now it's it's become romantic in that way, you know. But at the beginning, it was like teaching and 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 appreciating that he's choosing in this moment to say it. And he, he, it's not his thing, but it's my thing, and he's doing it. So, so appreciating that it's a choice, and he's choosing to love me. Wow. Yeah. So great. Oh, my word. Aren't they amazing? <laughs> so we, we're going to move to a little bit more nitty-gritty stuff now. So we're going to get to the crux of the matter. 
or matters, but um, there are two scriptures that sometimes kind of stand in opposition. And the first one is that uh, the Bible talks about how a man shall leave his father and, and mother and be united to his wife or cleave to his wife. There's almost a leaving of the old family that happens to form a new family. At the same time, there's a, a biblical injunction to honor your mother and your father. Any of you who have planned a wedding will know that these two scriptures come into opposition when you are planning a wedding. Mom wants this, future wife wants that. It's a you, and you're having to navigate um, all the different relationships. So I, w- I would love you to talk about um, how you guys have transitioned and what you did, what you thought, your thought process, your actions, when you transition from your parental relationships to a marriage. And um, how you manage those different relationships. So when we were getting married, um, I guess it, we were very young in my parents' eyes. But in our eyes, we were, ver- we were bending and very much ready for <laughs> marriage. <laughs> and so there was that initial conflict where m- my parents were feeling like, you guys are just not ready, you're too young. Um, and TK was 24 and I was 22, um, just finished varsity. So it was like, you know, you haven't worked, work for yourself, have a security bank account, you know, that kind of, (laughs) that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I think the first thing that, that happened that needed to happen was, um, the issue of switching loyalty. So my loyalties needed to shift and his loyalties needed to shift from my parents to now my new family. And this was very difficult because with parents, um, you know, you want to, and also trying to strike that balance between you're honoring them, you're transitioning. um, So communicating with them was very important, even though most of the time they felt like, you know, I I was just being rebellious. So switching loyalties was important. The other thing is that when we agreed on something, it was important to also show a united front. So when, we, when I go to my parents and state what plans TK and I have, even if maybe between us we're pending in terms of um, agreeing on it, before my parents I had to be saying, this is our view, this is our way. Um, and to make sure that they begin to see us as a united front and begin to respect us as a united front. That was important. Um, maybe talk about the actual things we gave up. Yeah, so I think for us, because we, we had been dating for about three, four years, and then we decided that we... Actually, so when, when, we, th- okay. when we started dating, right, I went to Tula's house, and I said to her, look, I like you, I want to marry you. Just like that, straightforward. <laughs> and I mean, we, we hadn't dated, we, we, we knew each other sort of, but I was like, look, I want to marry you, and that's why I'm dating you, because I want to marry you. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> no, she said no. <laughs> Okay, I can't remember the middle bits, but we ended up getting married. But so, <laughs> so, just to give you the context, was from the beginning, my 
you know, I had read, I don't know if it's, I think it's one of the materials we put up, um, Joshua Harris, A Kiss Dating Goodbye. So I'd read that book, and it just talks about, um, you know, how, how we do dating, like, in this culture, and, you know, what's wrong with it, what's right with it, and how, you know, his, his opinions on it. So I was of the mind that I didn't want to waste time, I didn't want to break be a heartbreaker, and so that was my approach to this whole thing. So from the get-go, I was like, okay, when are we getting married? When are we getting married? So four years into it, you know, we're ready now to get married. We are ready. And her parents, her parents didn't uh, thought I was her friend. They thought there was nothing going on between us. <laughs> they were just in denial. Because so you w no, because you were living so pure. <laughs> <laughs> you were honoring that's her so well. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, and I thought that they didn't like me. You know, I thought that maybe there's something wrong with me, that they, maybe they want someone better for their daughter. But I think they just had a struggle in, in letting go. Um, and some other family dynamics at play there. So I think the, you know, we had this big plan of how we want to get married and how we want to do it, who's going to be there. And uh, also a big thing, in our culture is that the parents, you, you know, when you get married, it's more about the two families than it is about us. So they, in their minds, you know, they're thinking, you know, about the families and merging and everything that needs to happen and the budget that they need to come up with to make the wedding happen. So I guess looking back, I understand why they were not ready to let us get married. Uh, but in the moment, yeah, it was it was something else. So we decided that, okay, we will compromise everything else except getting married. So if it means we have to delay the wedding celebration or, you know, g let them run the, the wedding ceremony how they want to do it, but we want to get married. And so that's the united front that we put up. Whatever it means, whether we're going to sign, whether... However, however you want to do it, but we're getting married and we're going to do it this year. So great. <laughs> um, I know you have more to that story. I want you to tell them how many times you got married. <laughs> okay, so we got married four times. Okay. So the first time, as I said, so the, her parents finally gave in and they're like, okay, guys, fine. Uh, you can go and just do a signing. Uh, so we were at Every Nation Rosebank, and we uh, we had Langa, who married us, and he's got a is he's a marriage officer, and we had a couple of friends there, and our parents were there, and and that was that, and and then I paid Lobola on the same day, so so that that's when we got married, right? Then the then the but I mean her grand wasn't there, my grand wasn't there. Like, that's a big deal in our culture. So three years later, her parents are like, okay, guys, so now can you get married for real now? <laughs> so they, like, did a whole ceremony where, like, they just went crazy and, and did it how they want to do it. And they, with, uh, like, a thousand people there. <laughs> and it was close to a thousand. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, and so that was the second time her parents did a thing. And then my parents were like, no, but we also want to do a thing. <laughs> okay. 
So, but now with my parents, my parents are divorced. So now I just could not get them to do something together. Like I tried to like, guys come together, do one thing, let's do it here. No, like it just wasn't happening. So, so, so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. As long as I'm not paying for it. So, <laughs> so my dad uh, did a ceremony at my grandmother's village. So that was the third time we got married and the fourth time we got married was when my mom did a wedding ceremony. <laughs> so... This is perseverance. <laughs> so, I mean, and in our culture, like, you don't just stand there and get married. Like, you have to do, like, a whole dance routine and so it was a lot of exercise. Um, but I think the important thing in that is that you know, marriage, marriage is about us, but it's not just us involved, you know. Your friends are going to be involved, and more importantly, your family is going to be involved. And you don't want to burn those bridges. As, as tough as it is to, you know, to negotiate these things, and you want the perfect day, and you want it like this or like that. But at the end of it, the main thing is your marriage, not your wedding, you know. And your marriage is going to be another 60, 80 years. Your wedding is literally one day, you know, and, or four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we thought, you know what, let's, as long as we married, you know, however our parents want to do it, let's just give in to their demands. But, you know, as long as we married. So great. And, and I assume they were godly demands. You know, if, they, if they'd asked you, I don't know, to get drunk at your wedding and do something crazy, maybe you would have refused. But um, I, do I do want to just highlight one thing that I think is so remarkable. Although they had all these pressures, what they said is, um, before God, we want to do it right. So that first wedding was, was with a pastor. They signed the legal documents. And from that moment on, they were married. So in other words, there wasn't this fudgy thing of, we've paid most of Lobola, you know, some of our family agree. So we kind of, oh, let's just live like we're married. But there was a very definite line in the sand that they said, <clears throat> we want to do it before God, and we want to make it legal. And they did those two things, and they, they made it, this is from now on, before God we are married, so we will live like a married couple from now on. Um, the, uh, we will accommodate our family after that. You know, we will do other things, and we'll um, have other um, ceremonies, and we will honor them. But first of all, we're going to honor God. And I, I just really want to honor you for that and how you navigated a very tricky situation, but you put your priorities straight and you made that declaration before all the world that whether this looks fancy or not, because, you know, their, their first wedding before God was very small and it wasn't lavish and they didn't spend a huge amount of money on it. I think that's so important that they said, you know, this, this is what, it, it's, not the, it's not the display I give to the public that's important. It's who I am before God and who I am to my spouse and how honorable I, honorably I'm acting towards him and her. Amen. So I, can we give them a hand? Because I feel like that is just exemplary, the way, the way you did it. Um, so the next question, and this may be our last um, those of you who have children in here, this, this question, I don't know how they're going to answer, but I'm just giving you fair warning. It is about the physical relationship in marriage. So if, if you want to take your children out or get ready to clasp your hands over the ears at pertinent times, please feel free to do that. But um, 
1 uh, Corinthians 7 verse 36 says this, if anyone thinks he is acting improperly towards the virgin he is engaged to, they should get married. In other words, live pure until marriage and then, then have it all. And so I would love you to share, because you did it right, some tips and tricks for saving sex for marriage. How about that? Okay, so... You know, my approach to all of this was, you know, I thought to myself, so before marriage and how we related to each other, because, I mean, we were, we dated for like seven years, so things get pretty heated pretty quickly <laughs> when you've been dating that long. Um, but one thing I told myself was, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want her to remember me as the guy who broke her trust before marriage. Um, and now I have to live with this guy, even if she forgives me, but, you know, there's just always that thing, you know, like, you know, it, that trust is so sacred. Um, and so I just, I just determined in my heart that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pure in this thing, and, and as the guy, I'm going to take on the responsibility, you know, to make sure that we stay pure until we get married. So we, we had, like, a whole bunch of ground rules that we uh, decided on. Do you want to share on that? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, the heart is willing, but the flesh. <laughs> 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 so we had, we had like, a lot of, yeah, things that we were doing to help us, um, I guess, honor our hearts as well as honor God. Um, one is accountability. So coming to, the church we were at was, before before his people it was more like you know everybody's living right so we think nobody's in anybody's business and we live life yeah. but now hp was like accountability discipleship what 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 and i was like i hate this church why must people know my business you know <laughs> <laughs> and so when tk said no let's have an accountability partner and discipleship for our relationship i was a little bit annoyed because i was like look, I've been walking with God, why must people know my business? And then eventually I was like, okay, okay, fine, let's do it. So we had, um, we had Seviwe and Marsha as well as Unati and Langa, we asked them to walk with us. So this meant that they, had, they were able to ask us anything relating, especially around our physical relationship. What are you doing? How is it going? Are you being pure? They had that license. Um, and then we also told them what our boundaries are, you know, so they can hold us accountable to that. The other thing is that we tried to not be in private spaces. Um, actually, I had my, my aunt tell me that, look, Kilo, don't trust yourself. Like, just don't trust yourself, you know? Don't think you're strong. Don't be in a private space with the guy that you love. Things, think it's natural you're going to get tempted. So we tried to not be in private spaces. But when... It wasn't always possible. So when we were at res, we had some rules around how we engage with each other at res. So for instance, when he came to my res, um, he only came if a certain friend of mine was there who was an accountability partner to me. And the door would be opened, and she randomly just, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then go, and then at a random time, just come and, hey, guys. Ah. You know? <laughs> You know, and then we knew that, you know, you know, because sometimes you don't mind disappointing yourselves. Um, so just keeping, 
a whole lot of people that you don't want to disappoint around you really, really helped. Um, and then the last thing was that I think keeping the why in mind was so important. Um, you know, that we really believe that, you know, when you do God's things God's way, there's a reward. There's a reason. It's because he loves us. You know, so keeping that in mind was so important. Um, I just want to make reference to the, the series we've been doing on uh, Gideon. That book shows that when God says, guys, I know my way sounds whack or weird when I say chop off so many men, do things my way because you're going to slay a lot of things in my way, you know? So I think we kept that in mind that, no, we're doing it God's way because God loves us. We love him too, but he loves us more. So it means, you know, so that was, that really gave us the fuel to keep going. Can I add to that? So, and another thing that was like just big for me also was, so we we were both virgins when we got married, you know, and... I think that deserves a round of applause. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying that to say th that we're better than anyone or anything like that, but, you know, when I, when I tell my friends, you know, the story, they just, they they very shocked, you know, and I just want people to know that it actually is possible, whether you're a guy or a girl, you know, to stay pure before the Lord. And, you know, m one thing my dad told me, which just really stuck with me, was that, you know, fire, fire is good, but in the fireplace. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want fire just running around your building, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so, you know, and there's that saying that says, you know, don't play with fire. You know, and I just took it further to say, don't play with matchsticks. You know, just don't, just don't play with it, and you won't be tempted. You know, so if you if 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 this is the line where you know you fall into sin, then live here. You know, so if you fall, then you're still way above that line. Yeah. So Amen. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> so I mean, to to the matchstick stuff. Um, we we had ground rules pre-marriage and post-marriage we have ground rules because it's still the same thing around how do you save sex for marriage? Even when you're married, you still need to save it for your marriage. Yeah. So, so we have ground rules now about how we continue in purity, you know? So for instance, we... Should I yeah, we have time? Yeah, so instance... Um, we have ground rules about the opposite sex relationships and how we navigate that. I don't know if you wanna. Uh, okay, yeah, so we have, yeah, for, so for the opposite sex um, relationships. Um, so for instance, with the opposite sex, um, you're not allowed to be in a private space um, as well. So, and having like deep private conversations. So if a conversation is at a point where no one external could come in, then it's gone too deep, for instance. Um, uh, with opposite sex, uh, even like WhatsApp, right? Your WhatsApp relationships, it's, I mean, like conversations should be in such a way that it's like very surface, you know? Um, yeah, like, so we have ground rules around opposite sex to help us um, sort of God marriage, because marriage is fragile at the end of the day. Um, and so you just want to guard it with all your heart. Um, and so we 
sort of have those rules that make us a little bit uncool and unpopular, um, but we do it, yeah. and it helps, yeah. you know? So, I mean, uh, someone once told me that about 80% of marriage and the way you relate to each other in marriage is not going to be romantic, you know? It's going to be on a friendship level. So you don't want to allow another friend of the opposite sex into that close space. And it's so easy to, you know, if we have a fight the night before and I go to work and there's, you know, a female colleague and I start pouring out my heart to her, oh, my wife did this, that's not okay, you know, because she's getting into a zone of friendship that's reserved for my wife. And I think that's so important. I think it's very important to, to keep that boundary uh, firm and, you know, so that, so that, you know, these little, you know, you could have, you could have a, a female colleague and think, ah, you know what, it's not a problem, we're just friends. But I think those are the things that the Bible calls uh, footholds, you know, where don't even, don't even, don't even let the door open, don't even, da, da, da. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so important to keep that boundary firm and you're not going to have a problem. So great. Oh, my word, you guys are better than I thought. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Can we just pray? I, I, I want to I pray. First of all, I want to pray if, you, if you're still believing God for marriage. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? So you, you're single, you trust in God to get married. Lord, I want to pray for these, Lord God, that, that um, Lord God, you would, Father God, this example we see here, Lord God, would it be their example too, Lord God? And Father God, no matter what the past, would you heal that? Would you wash over it? Would you make it new, Lord God? And would you restore to them just the joy of a relationship in this, a marriage relationship? Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. And then all of you who are married... Can you just raise your hands? I want to pray for you. Lord God, we just, we just pray. Okay, married and engaged. Lord, I just pray for, for these relationships, Lord God, and I ask that you would, you would preserve them and guard them. We just prophesy over these marriages, wholeness, health, prosperity, life, blessing, Lord God, good communication, real friendship, real romantic love, Lord God, all the good things of marriage, the ability to stand against the attacks of the enemy, the ability to stand against the difficulties of life, Lord God, and we just prophesy to each marriage here that you are strong and whole. Lord God, thank you for them. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We can give the Lord a hand. And can we give TK and Clilo a hand?